Hey folks, welcome in the Pro Football Ireland. Monday Morning Football, presented by 888 Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. If you're here listening to us or watching us, you've made it through a, a pretty incredible weekend, a, a great Sunday in the NFL. As you can tell by my voice, and if you're on the video, Mr. Mangan's wearing a, an Irish jersey. It was, it was a great weekend in the rugby as well. But um, yeah, onwards and upwards, we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about it. We're not going to jinx anything. Delighted to be joined with Michaela Fagan, Connor Mangan after a really, really exciting NFL Sunday. Michaela, as always, great to see you. How are you doing? I'm good. It was very easy to watch um, that Sunday because there was a lot of a lot of the games went down right to the wire. So it was a good, it was an exciting week, definitely an improvement from week one and just kind of carrying on from the excitement of week two. So looking forward to what happens next week and what's in store for in the NFL script. Script will be an interesting word, especially seeing some of these storylines, some of these headlines this week. Connor, um, go on with what Michaela said, just for people listening. Bit of a different Monday morning football this week. We've decided to look at the early slate only because there's nine games. So if you want to talk about the Chiefs games, if you want to talk about the Panthers, talk about the Cowboys and the Sunday night football game, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Jeff Reinbold, Monday night, 9 p.m. live. So we'll be there. We'll, we'll be there very soon. Connor, good to see you. Though. How you doing, man? You good? You too. Great to see you. Yeah, the script writers are out in force during these nine games. They obviously kind of wanted to change it up a little bit from last season, so good for them. And yeah, it was it was cracking, wasn't it? It was, uh, well, it was insane. Miami, baby. I want to go to Miami. That's what I want to go to. Bienvenido 70 points in a football Miami. match. Not to jump ahead, but 70 points in a football game. Oh my goodness, with eight minutes to go and you've taken out half your team yeah. and Waddle didn't even play. Wow. Like literally for a start, for the Europeans listening to this, watching this, we are six weeks out from seeing Patrick Mahomes and Tua in Deutschland. Very, very exciting. Uh, basically a 70 point, with 70 to 20, the victory in terms of the most points ever scored in an NFL game is 73 and the Chicago Bears in 1940 and Washington in the modern era with 72. They had a field goal at the end and they decided, uh, Mike McDaniel decided not to take it and to move on, which was an interesting decision. Script writers. Well, this is it. This is it. I guess, you know, where the hell do we start, Michaela? Like, you know, offensively, this was a masterclass, not just from Tua, but in my opinion, from Mike McDaniel. Some of the plays, the routes, the options that they were given on the offense was a joy to watch. Um, in the first half alone, to had a perfect first half. We're in his first 17 plays. He had an EPA per play of 0.88 perfection. 75.7% of that was a CMP percentage with a quarterback rating of 96.2. Some of the plays were just insane to watch. The the fake handoff that he had as well. Um, a very, very, I think, I think for a neutral or for a football fan, regardless of who you support, very, very fun to watch offensively, but defensively as well with, with Vic Vanshu. This is a hell of a team, Mikhail. It is a hell of a team, but I would be kind of concerned about that they did start off this hot last year and Tua was in the MVP conversation and then they just kind of fizzled out or lost steam towards the end. So, I do think 
they're one of the better teams to start the season but I'm gonna wait until you know they get about 10 games in and see where they are um just because like I said they they were this hot last year and they they just you know didn't really end up going anywhere but I do agree that the head coach is really showing that he is a good head coach and you know too is showing that you know he should be in the conversation with kind of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow that he because honestly like watching I, I don't know where the streak ended but the last I heard it he was 16 of 16 and that's just unheard of to hear the quarterback just make every pass and that was like I think that was just before the half or even it could have been into the third quarter you just made every pass he thrown so but um him and uh, Tyreek Hill are definitely the best duo quarterback wide receiver in the league so far this season and it was the most points scored in Miami Dolphins history, Connor. I think the previous record was 55. You know, I agree with Michaela's assessment of it's early. I completely agree with that. I guess you have people that would say, well, you can only do Connor as best as what you can do week by week. I think back to that game against the Ravens last year where it was an offensive juggernaut for both teams and both teams are now in similar but enhanced positions apart from Baltimore, which we'll talk about down the stretch here. But you know, we, we talk, I talked a minute ago about the EPA, about the statistical percentages, but it's so difficult for people outside of Miami, Connor, to, to understand, I guess, just how much Mike McDaniel has meant to this team, what he's done and the confidence that he's given to Tua. Because at one point last year, Tua was a guy that could have been out of the league. He could have retired. And now you've got that offensive juggernaut, but you've also got such an efficient run game. They look lethal. And that was without a guy called Jalen Waddle today as well. So for me, as a neutral, I'd be scared to play them over the next few weeks. And I feel like like they, they need to flex that Bills game next week. I know they can't, but they have to do it. I am not missing that game next week. So if I have to miss Trevor Lawrence in London, I might have to look at separate arrangements. But uh, Connor, just your assessment on this game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think a few years ago uh, when Tua was coming out and he had that hip injury the bad dislocation there's people saying like he will never play football again in his entire life you know and he has shown uh like last year showed he was great um and then maybe like petered out as you're saying Michaela just kind of agree maybe the whole team did a little bit but Mike McDaniel is a very I think he can be anyway a very easy coach to play for you want to play for Mike McDaniel because he's he's a personality he's a character he's very very smart about the game um, so he's just a guy that's kind of like in in your corner, um, you know, especially if you're bigger personalities like Tyreek Hill and stuff, you feel like Mike Vidal's in your corner. Um, and he doesn't need to be like a, a bigger character than them. He's different than them, but they want to play for him. And that's the feeling you get from Miami. You feel like it's a fun place, you know, like last week when he was on halftime uh, and he was like talking to the reporter and then the, he noticed the cameraman was kind of following him into the dressing room and he started racing the cameraman on the way down. And you just feel like, you know, that's a team that went out there and had a blast and had fun and scored 70 points by just throwing around the football. Like no one can cover Tyreek Hill for some reason. Uh, Waddle wasn't there. And then two, it was just like virtually unstoppable. So, and the t- and that, this was this was with eight minutes and one second on the clock that they were 70 points up. 70 points up and like we know and everyone else listening knows eight minutes in the fourth quarter is a lifetime a lifetime i think i think if they if they pushed it which they shouldn't because i know we were talking in our group chat like i take take two out let's take people out let's rest them if they pushed it we could have seen 100 points at a football field tonight i 
don't I doubt agree. that for a second. We could have seen 100 points. Um, and just lastly, quick shout out. That's kind of my assessment of the game. Quick shout out to Deutschland. Um, where you're going to be going, where Miami are going to be going. Rheinfire won the European League of Football today. Uh, they won 53-34 against Stuttgart. So congrats to Rheinfire. Don't want to let them down. Great league in, in Europe. But yeah, Tua, he's the man. Hill, he's the man. But it's all run with Mike McDaniel. I feel like we're not going to do the Dolphins justice by talking about him for seven minutes. I really do. And I, I and we will move on. But I feel like we'll we'll come back to it in certain podcasts this week and try and go into more detail on I guess the last thing I'll say on the Dolphins is like at the end of the first half, we talked about their, EP, their, their EPA per play, but their, their, their EPA per play on first and second down on early downs with the early rush and early pass was an elite. So I am so excited to see how this team develops over the season. I guess um, like I'm a Broncos fan, but like I don't really, I've got to the point now in my, well, I shouldn't be saying this, in my career where I don't really look at teams like that anymore, which is sad, but I am quite disgusted at the way that they played that game today, especially after the first quarter. But I think it goes way beyond that. Um, but it doesn't know, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, Michael. Like they're they they traded everything to have everything. They have Russell Wilson. Well, they have the quarterback. Go they back have five the years. Like, it's like Connor, if you go back five years, like John Elway had the opportunity to bring in Shanahan and you know, potentially yeah. bring in some of Shanahan's weapons, including a nine-year-old ball boy who grew up in Denver. And he wasn't interviewed for a job in 2022 in Mike McDaniel. So I feel like they have messed up. But it's funny, like I don't know if I don't know who wants to jump in first here, but like statistically on the offense, it like on paper, it wasn't even that bad. Which shows you how bad the whole thing actually is. The defense is atrocious, um, and there's already people asking me. Like we'll call out some uh, social media comments in a bit, but there's already people asking. Will the Broncos draft for Caleb Williams? I don't think they're that bad of a team. This is what pisses me off. I do not think they're that bad. So they That's why it doesn't make any sense. They're element. not a bad team. I agree with you. It's difficult. Who wants to jump in first? Go for it. No, I, I will say that like if you think about all the weapons that they do have in terms of offense, they have Russell Wilson, they have... Um, jerry judy you know they have all these players on offense and then it's just the defense like i don't think i could name a defensive player on the broncos except for patrick sertan so i do agree with you michael in the sense that i do think it's the defense i do think wilson's still a little bit rusty he's still not kind of at the height that he should be for what they traded for and how he played at the seahawks i don't know why that is um I do always say that I do think Wilson is more concerned about his own profile image rather than for who he's playing and winning Super Bowls. I think he'd rather win an MVP than a Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, even if that is the case, he's he sh- should be playing a lot better. But I do agree that it does seem to be more on the defensive side. You know, the Broncos did put up points today. And sometimes the amount of points they put up, the 20 or so that they got, would win a game. But it was just they're up against such a potent offense that the defense had to play better and the defense should honestly be ashamed that they let the Miami Dolphins the Miami Dolphins make a show of them by putting they're, 70 they're, points they're past them. That I think just screams yeah. to me really really quick Michael that screams to me just what you said Michaela that screams to me like an uncomfortable dressing room a dressing room that's not together a team that's not cohesive well, they're definitely they're not, not listening to each other they're, like they're I can imagine together. what that dressing room is going to be like exactly what you say. It's going to be beyond shame. It's going to be guys going in there and just what? being like, you know, this is absolute BS. This is whatever. They're shouting at each other, screaming at each other. 
you know, get in the car and leave, don't even shower. Well, there was definitely a defensive-offensive split last year. We were told that in person by a player, like 100%, they don't talk to each other. So I'm sure like it's not they're not the only team in the league like that, but that is definitely something that's been there. I would say in defense of the defense, you know, you've got Randy Gregor, you've got Jonathan Harris, DJ Jones, Alex Singleton, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. Um, that's not that's not good enough to go to Miami and give up 70 points as good as the Dolphins are. The Dolphins just scoring points for fun with Mike White and the backups. That, for me, is an issue with Vance Joseph. And I don't personally think for people, fans of the NFL, listening to this podcast, looking to listen to the biggest storylines, I feel like they're more deserving of talking about different games because I feel like this Broncos team is not going to go anywhere. So I'll certainly try and go into more detail this week on it. But shall we move on to the crack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about them anymore. Well done to the Dolphins. That was a superb offensive performance. If they keep that up, sweet Jesus. Imagine. Right. Anyway, let's move on. I've, been, I've definitely enjoyed that one. Well, let, let's move on to Minnesota against the LA Chargers. Right. I'm going to say two things. Like, first off, Michaela, for me, I took this, I, I'll, I'll back up and I'll, I'll say what I thought. I thought the Vikings would win this game. I, I still hold the opinion that for me, Brandon Steely would have lost his job if he lost this game. No doubt about it. For him to go for it on fourth and one on their own 24-yard line is one thing. But then secondly, for the Minnesota Vikings, at the end of the game, on fourth and five with 42 seconds to play, when the ball was... Uh, caught for a first down there was 35 34 seconds i haven't got the exact timing on it but tj hawkinson for him to stand and be so chilled but they, they, they did no timeouts left what the hell are you doing they get to 12 seconds to go they don't spike the ball and they like they just play on and then the ball is intercepted I, I feel for the fans in minnesota I don't want to go into a discussion around this, but I certainly feel that Kirk Cousins might be playing for a different team in a few weeks if they get their brains out and start doing something. That that certain team, which we'll talk about in a bit, but um, just a real show, Michaela. A real people in the Republic and the radio can say it, so I'll say it in this: a shite show on both sides of the ball, like for both teams, because it was it was such a yo-yo game where it could have went either way. But if I'm Brandon Steely. I'm a happy man this morning because he got he got away with it in the end of it. He did get away with it. The, the first thought I had at the final whistle when the, the Chargers got the in- interception kind of in their own end zone was that Brandon Staley just survived another week. He probably should be gone. To be honest, I wouldn't care if they won. I'd still sack him because honestly to go for fourth and one in your own kind of 20 yards, 30 yards from your own end zone is just shocking and it's just stupid. Like, honestly. And then, you know, you watch that game and it's kind of like those teams needed to win. Like, they both needed wins. And I do feel bad for Kirk Cousins because I, he's not playing awful. He's making good plays and it's all these tip passes that are getting intercepted. So, you know, I agree with you kind of. Like, if I was Cousins, you know, I'd be like, okay, like, the Vikings are a great team. I took best wide receiver in the league I you know I have weapons kind of everywhere and we're still we're 0-3 like if they'd won tonight I think you know 
I would it would have been good for them. I think they would have went on a roll then and kind of you know been in a position to make the playoffs. But now looking at them and kind of it's it's weird because you don't know what it is like they have a good head coach you know he, he's not like Brandon Sadie where people are asking for his head they have good players they have good quarterback they have the best wide receiver so it's just it's like one of the teams like you can look at the other teams and point out what it is and why they're exactly they're losing you know we look at the Chargers and you say well it's the head coach where the Vikings are kind of like what is it with them like why have they started 0-3 so is it just rust or whatever but yeah if they continue in this direction if I was Kirk Cousins I'd look to be traded to a certain New York team whose quarterback situation is just not going anywhere with who they have at the moment. Which which New York team, Michaela? <laughs> That's actually so fair. Buffalo. The Jets. Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> the Jets. Honestly, um, you could you you'd like you could say that statement and depending on what fan you were, well obviously if you just watched today and you watched the Pats versus the Jets, you would you would think that. But if that game hadn't happened today and it wasn't fresh in your head, you might be like who is she talking about? Which team? This is interesting. Well, that, um, yeah, they on, were... Connor, Thursday night was a disgrace. Can I, can I just put it out? As, as an NFL fan, first off, for that game to be an Amazon Prime video on Thursday Night Football was a joke. But did, I don't know if you've seen this, Connor, because it's Steve sort of... Steve Bezos was pissed. It's like, what's going on? What's <laughs> yeah, going on? I know. I know. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, um, yeah, there's... I think there's definitely three good teams that try their absolute best to lose games. And that's the New York Giants, Minnesota Vikings, the LA Chargers. For some reason, you just feel like you're like, okay, who's going to lose this? That's what I was thinking today. And I'm sure you guys were kind of thinking something similar going down into the fourth quarter. Like, I wonder who's going to lose this. Like, not who's going to win. I wonder who's going to lose this game because it seems like both of them are trying desperately to lose, except for the quarterbacks, except for Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, who kind of seem like they're they are with it. They're making accurate passes. They're good quarterbacks. They're they're read they're reading the game. But the rest of the teams just seem like ugh, I don't know. Now, now maybe the Giants because of their injuries aren't actually as good and they're more expected to lose now. But yeah, they would be the third teams that I would kind of put on that list. Well, it, it like Connor, you you play football, right? Was okay. that the worst time management you've ever seen in your life tonight? I, uh, in which game, sorry? The, in, the Viking, the, in the Vikings Chargers game? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was all over the place. It was, <laughs> yeah, I like I, the, even just that last pass to um, uh, Hackinson and it kind of bounced around and then got caught. I was just kind of like, well, like, what is what is going on in this game? Like it was, and it looked like the Chargers kind of looked comfortable for a while. Again, same as last week. And yeah, it was, it, it was bad. It could go back to Michaela's point. Michaela, I kind of agree with you on the head coach point of view. Like, I feel like it's almost like in in uh, in soccer terms, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, he'd win a game for United, but it'd be like a bad win. Do you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't a good win. That was kind of like they just about didn't lose. So I'd be kind of same as you. I'm like, well, is this the path we want to stay on? Because this is the path we're on if we stick with this head coach. We've got... You know? um... We've got some comments about this. I'll, I'll read them out because I'll forget if I don't. Um, Biff is saying the Chargers coach gave us a, gave us a great last few minutes of entertainment. Please don't fire him. Um, and I think that's the only one from that game. There's a lot about the Broncos. If you're uh, if you're saying if you're honestly the only people who don't want Staley fired is. Uh, like opposition fans like you know like the, the teams in their division like everyone in the NFL would probably be like okay if Justin Herbert had a competent 
head coach, you know, we'd have to actually worry about the Chargers. But the fact that they have Staley, we wouldn't have to worry about them. So I think, honestly, if I was a Chargers fan, I would have wanted them to lose that game. Even my girlfriend was like, why did you pick the Vikings to win? Like in our in our picks thing, like you love the Chargers. And I was just kind of like, they're just like, I have no faith in the Chargers. And I like they're one of my favorite teams in the NFL. So I actually want, I would have preferred if they lost tonight because then that probably would have been more certain for Staley to have been fired tomorrow. But I, I guess, I guess for me as a, like, as a fan, first off, you want to see Herbert play well. You want to see the Chargers do well. So if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. I can't see it happening now because of what's happened. And I think with the, the stretch of games that they have going forward, I think he's there to the end of the year. So time will tell now. But I do I do think like today was a pendulum moment. Uh, in terms of what you said, Michaela Connor at Connor B141 on X slash Twitter was basically saying, would you still fire Brandon Staley for making that call? The play on fourth down, a fourth and one from the 24 for me was like an effort. I'm screwed no matter what. Let's go for it. And like, just it's actually angering me talking about it. It's like, I can't, I, oh. I can't fire him for making a call and then it working out. It's not that one call, it's it's the rest of the thing that's happening around that. I like, I mean, the call is a bit mad. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'm not firing <laughs> because he made a gutsy call and it kind of worked out. Well, it was called a risky call. And it it, it was like, it was like walking into the bookies of your last tenor and going, there's a horse. Uh, Namibia versus New Zealand. Can I get uh, everything on Namibia? <laughs> yeah, team plus B, please be gamble aware. Right, let's, we're, we're going to have the final topic on this segment and then we'll move on to like another segment for the podcast. Uh, a team that I did not think that we'd be talking about in this way, but I'm glad we are. A team that don't get enough love. In 2019, before COVID, etc., had a bit more hair on my head and not such a raspy voice. I took my dad to Wembley to see the Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. And it cost 260 quid a ticket in Club Wembley. I feel like as a fan or as a neutral, I was repaid a little on this today. Let's talk about the Texans, all of us first. You know, to, for them to go out and get the first win of D'Amico Ryan's coaching career, putting 37 points on the board against the Jacksonville Jaguars team. We can talk, we can say whatever we want about the Jaguars, Michaela, but offensively for the Texans, CJ Stroud, two touchdowns, 280 yards, um, tight down. Oh, H-I-O. Superb. Sorry, what, he's from Ohio. It? Massive Ohio fan, CJ Stroud. He's doing unreal. I thought you said, oh, wait, something's happening. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, H-I-O. It's... <laughs> I love it. It's late. It's Mich- late in Ireland. It's late in Ireland. I've been on the slides all weekend, so like I can say that twenty-two minutes into a podcast. But we're we're, we're here. We we persevere. Michaela, the, the Texans' offense certainly persevered, and I think shut a lot of people up, including myself. They look really good. They do, and I think you know CJ Stroud did himself proud and kind of proved that you know you know all the talks been about Anthony Richardson. So I think he can kind of say like, look, you know, like I'm a good quarterback as well. Like I you know, deserve to be drafted before him or kind of in the same bracket as him. Um, I thought he played really well tonight and the Texans played well because when my brother, my brother always comes to me for his NFL bets and he was like, who is a sure fire win? And I said the Jaguars against the Texans because honestly, like the Texans have a whole rebuild to go through. So, and you know, the Jaguars got to, got far enough in the playoffs for the Jaguars last year. So 
And, you know, they have Trevor Lawrence, they have all these offensive weapons. You know, I did think it would have been an easy game for the Jaguars to win, especially at home. But, you know, it, the Jaguars didn't play well. Like, the, like, to lose to, like, a team that's rebuilding at home isn't a good sign. So I'm a bit concerned about the Jaguars going forward. But, you know, fair play to the Texans. You know, they, they bet a division rival. And I think, you know, if they look at them, they look at the Jaguars who are like people would think would at least go to the playoffs. They might like look at other teams now and like at least those kind of mids to kind of pushing high tier teams, you know, pushing into the playoffs. I think the Texans could look at them now and be and be confident that they could beat them. The same with the Colts tonight beating the Ravens. Mm-hmm. But Connor, like just, just jumping on all, all Michaela said there. A guy that we haven't even mentioned yet, you know, we talk about Ty Dell. Nico Collins in his third year in, in the league looks like a bona fide stud. WR1 with CJ Stride. Really like the Texans team. But going on, like if, if you want to talk about the Texans as well, but then jump on the Jags. The Jags like go to London next week, will be there. Pro Football Ireland will be there for that game against the Falcons at Wembley, but more so they've got that game. And for the first time ever, a team stays in the city, but they've got a hell of a team. The Buffalo Bills the week after. If you hope for them, it doesn't go south quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would like so. I mean, I would talk about. Look at. Let's look at two Ohio State quarterbacks really quick, and let's talk about the Texans. So you got C.J. Stroud and you got Justin Fields. People's feelings about Justin Fields have probably changed quite a bit from the beginning of the season to like week three now. Um, he's getting destroyed. He's getting pressured. And then when he's actually not pressured, he feels like he's going to be pressured, so he misses open passes. CJ Stroud, on the other hand, wasn't even sacked today. Um, had very little pressure. He's got an unbelievable offensive line compared to the Bears. So if you're going to let a guy who's that good and like Ohio State like breed quarterbacks, they really do. They they have a lot of depth there, and he's just going to sit there and do it. And he's got someone like Collins, like you said, Michael. Uh, you know who's on flying form, and when you have a quarterback who's good and has time, it's it's like anything else. Like Josh Allen usually has quite a lot of time. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes has tons of time. Patrick Mahomes can escape too. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit little bit exciting about the Texans. I don't know if I'm like super excited about them yet because they were playing the Jags, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's kind of exciting. Like we were saying, Michaela, like they're, they look like a team that could push, you know, to be competing. I don't think anyone was really kind of thinking that a whole lot a few weeks ago. So, um, exciting times for them. Yeah, be interesting to see what they do <laughs> and how CJ Stroud comes along. So, we're probably hearing a lot of like offensive rookie player of the year and all this sort of stuff now with him. So, we'll see. We'll see. Like the AFC South, man, could be tight. It could be tight because we'll talk about the Ravens and the Colts that are on. But it, yep. just, it feels like the pendulum could swing a little bit. And there's so much talent there, so much rookie talent. So, we'll see. Congrats to the Texans. I don't think anybody. Oh thought they were going to go in there today and put down the 30, 30 or 40 bag against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So fair play. And I'm going to retire from picking teams in week three of the season. Um, right. This is the end of this segment on the podcast, folks. Uh, presented by 888 Sport. If you're listening to this, Jeff Reinbold's coming to Ireland for a six-date run in January. Uh, Phoebe Schachter's coming to Belfast in November. I should have a voice by then, so it should be good. L-I-N-K tr.ee slash nfl ireland if you'd like tickets um, and we'll chat to you soon